This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. What I want to talk about this day is praise. Praise. You know, we're singing songs about praise tonight, but praise changes everything. It changes everything. Everything. What percentage is everything? 100%. And praising God changes everything. 100% of it for the better. Complaining and fussing and moaning and groaning and belly aching, it just messes everything up. It really does. It don't benefit us in any possible way. But I want to challenge you here, and hopefully I can cover all things I want to cover uh, this day as we talk about prayer changes everything. So let me just start off here in the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verse 4. It says, This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Israel, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt and he sat on it and most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him and others cut branches from trees and they spread them on the road, you know, because here comes the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. A fantastic event that is taking place there. It was a, definitely a game changer for this nation, for this world that we live in. It goes on to say in verse 9, Jesus was in the center of the progression and the people are all around him were shouting, praise God for the son of David. Blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord, exclamation mark. Praise God in the highest heavens. So they were praising God with their mouths and they were waving branches and garments and all. They were praising with their expressions, you know, as Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the Messiah was coming into the city there. Uh, it says in Psalms 47 verse 1, it says, come everyone and clap your hands for joy. Have you ever clapped your hands for joy? It's part of praise. Would y'all try that at home? If you're driving and listening, keep your hands on the steering wheel, okay? But, you know, that's joy. When your team scores, everybody's clapping and hollering and hooraying and throwing popcorn, stuff like that. And it says, come everyone, clap your hands for joy. Shout to God with joyful what? Joyful praise. So we see these two things go together joyfulness and praise. It's a part of praise. These things go together. He says, clap your hand for joy. Shout to God with joyful praise is what he's talking about. For we're, we're, we're praising you for your love for us and for forgiving us and for comforting us and providing for us and, and healing us and saving us and a million other things you've done for us. We praise you for, not just I praise you, I praise you, I praise you, but I praise you for the beautiful sunrise. I praise you in every situation. I'm going to tell you something. There ain't a time, there's not a day, not a week, not a month, not a year. There's not an hour, there's not a minute, there's not a second that you can't praise God for something. 
You don't have to praise him for the bad stuff. There's always something positive we can praise him for. And he goes on to say in verse 2, Psalms 47 verse 2, it says, For the Lord Most High is awesome, and he is awesome. The word awesome fits when you talk about Jesus Christ better than it fits with anything else. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great king of all the earth. Now let me just give you the basic definition of what the word praise means. How it's relevant to us. Praise is acknowledging his excellencies. It's acknowledging his perfections. Praise is acknowledging his works and his benefits. Praise is the expression of approval, is the expression of admiration, of gratitude, is the expression of devotion for blessings received. And we always have something to praise God for, and it's a game changer. It changes everything. If you need some things changed in your situation, in your life, in your health, in your finances and all, you just begin to praise Almighty God, and that sets you in a position to receive. I am telling you, genuine praise, it changes everything it genuinely does. Matthew chapter 21, verse 10 says, The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowd replied, It's Jesus, the prophet from uh, Nazareth in Galilee. And Jesus entered the temple and began to drive fat all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice because they sacrificed animals. That was required by the law in years gone by. He knocked over the tables and the money changes. It was required, but not to, to barter and sell them and rip people off in the temple, you know. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs and those selling doves. And he said to them, the scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer. My, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. This is what Jesus is saying. And then... The blind and the lame came into the temple. They came to him in the temple and he healed them. He drove off the money changers, ripping people off. And then he began to heal the blind and the lame. It says in verse 15, the leading priest and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles. You thought that would have really awakened them. They saw these wonderful miracles and they heard even the children, the little guys and gals. In the temple shouting, praise God for the son of David. Praise God for the son of David. But the leaders were indignant. They asked Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? Do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied. Haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say you have taught children and infants to give you praise. God has taught children and infants to give him praise. He's taught them that. We're not born with that in us already. But the scripture says that God has taught them from infancy as they were children to praise God. It's amazing what he's telling us here. James chapter 1 verse 2, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, have y'all had any trouble recently? Like in the last three months? A pandemic maybe? A coronavirus? 
all kinds of craziness going on in our whole world around about us. All kinds of craziness, you know, that, that we just never experienced before. And he says here in his word, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, any kind, that's talking about a hundred percent, any kind of trouble qualifies it. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity to cuss. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's not what it said. It says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I say, what in the world are you talking about? Well, I want to tell you something right now. You know, during the, the worst, you know, troubles and circumstances that we could have, he says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Because you can praise God that you've been fed. You can praise God that your car still works. You can praise God you got a telephone. Praise God that you got a television that works or a computer that works. There is always something we can praise him for. You don't have to praise him that, that a dog bit you on the leg. Just praise God that the dog didn't eat you. You know, There's always something to praise God for in every troubled time. Let me read again. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For great joy. And, and, and that inspires us to praise because of the joy. It inspires us to clap because of the joy. And he says in verse 3, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when the endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect. When the endurance is developing in us during these times, he says here, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Man, that is awesome. That even in these trying times, God turns those things around somehow and he helps to develop endurance in us and it makes us perfect and complete Needing nothing. Joy is that deep, settled confidence that God is in control in every area of my life and he inspires praise. God's in control. No matter what's going on, God's in control. He loves us. He's crazy about us and he's in control. He's in control and it inspires us to praise him. The tendency, natural thing to do is to complain and fuss and cuss and carry on and that does not bring any blessings into our life. It scares them off of anything. But when we begin to praise God in the most difficult times, it attracts his blessings like, like magnets to our lives. That's for sure. Sandy Patty, I don't know if you remember her. She was a, uh, oh, still is a, a, a woman who has a great voice, has written a lot of songs, and she sang many years ago. And we've been inspired by a lot of her songs. But she sang a song that was called Let There Be Praise. <clears throat> and so I'm just going to read. I'm not going to try to sing them, but I'm just going to read through some of the words of this song. This all came from biblical principles. And it says here, Sandy Patty, as she's saying this, she says, let there be praise. Let there be joy, praise and joy in our hearts. Sing to the Lord. Give him the glory. Let there be praise. Let there be joy in our hearts forevermore. Let his love fill the air and let there be praise. 
He inhabits the praise of his people. God lives in the praises of his people. When you start praising God, God shows up. He's smack dab in the middle of it. You start fussing and cussing and carrying on like that. God don't want to hear that stuff. But her, her verse of the song comes right out of the Bible. He inhabits the praises of his people and dwells deep within. The peace that he gives, none can equal his love. It knows no end. So lift your voices with gladness. Sing, proclaim through all the earth that Jesus Christ is king. And then it would have to go on back to the course. But I will to go to the next verse. It says, when the spirit of God is within us, we will overcome. In our weakness, his strength will defend us. When his praise is on our tongue. He defends us when his praise is on our tongue. So lift your voices. That's rejoicing. That's praising God. Gladness. Lift your voices with gladness. Sing. Proclaim through all the earth that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is king. Now a while ago we were reading out of the book of uh, Matthew chapter 21 and we read verse 10 down through 15 but I want to read verse 16 uh, uh, down to 16 Let me, I want to read verse 16 here to you once again and it says you have taught children and infants Jesus said you have taught that's what the scripture says you have taught children and infants to give you praise praise isn't natural we must learn to praise we're not born praisers. We're not even born again praisers. We've got to learn how to praise, you know. How many of you would testify that sometimes people in your household, they need to sweeten their mouth just a little bit because it ain't too sweet, right? Well, that's what I was hoping you'd say because I need to sweeten mine right now. All right, that's what I'm talking about, you know. So we got, what are those little things called? Those are M&M's. Mm. These other ones are not M&M's. What are those things? Not fruit snacks. Skittles. Skittles. How'd you know, Tony? You're way back over yonder. Man, you can have some at the end of this thing. Skittles, them. Root snacks and these must have peanuts in them or something. Hmm. I have to do this just as an illustration. So y'all can understand what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's the reason. What I'm trying to do is sweeten my mouth a little bit. M&M's and Skittles, fruit snacks, all kinds of little things in there. Hmm. Tell you what, I have heard so many people that that right there ain't enough to sweeten their mouth because their mouth is pretty. What's the opposite of sweet? Sour. Sour. That's a very nice, loving way to say it. But you know what? Let's sweeten our tongue a bit. Now, the truth of it is, I hadn't been shopping. Or I would have brought some Almond Joys because I would have tried to put joy in there, you know. 
But I didn't have a chance to get that done. But this is sweetening my mouth just a little bit. But praise. It's the sweetness of our heart coming forth through our mouth. And when we begin to praise God, he, God inhabits those praises. He lives in those praises and he changes things in our life for the better. That's just the truth of it, you know. Um, we want our mouth and our tongue to bring forth sweetness. We want to praise God. <clears throat> we don't want to speak evil. Speaking evil don't do anything of a benefit. It don't. The Bible says life and death is in the power of your tongue. And so we want to speak life, and we want to have a, a powerful voice as we're praising God because he lives in it, and he works miraculous things, and he changes things for the better when we are praisers. Worry and negative speaking is very natural. You just naturally, you worry. Naturally, you say negative things, <clears throat> and naturally, we sin. But when it comes to praise, we got to learn how to do that. We need to be reminded from time to time because we just naturally go to the negative. You know, you hit your thumb with a hammer. You know, unless you've been a Christian for a good long while, you might say something powerful and wonderful. But lots of the people naturally say things they shouldn't say when they hit their finger with a hammer. Anyhow, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. It says, therefore, laying aside all malice. Now, what percentage is all? 100%. Now, let me give you what the definition of malice is. It says, therefore, laying aside all malice. Malice means hatred, spite, meanness, and cruelty. We see that in this world in which we live a lot of the time. And the Bible tells us, lay aside all malice and all deceit. All, 100% of the deceit. The word deceit means dishonesty. It means cheating. It means a deception. So it says, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, which means pretense. It's talking about a double standard. It means being two-faced. Therefore, laying aside all malice, that hatred, that spite, that meanness, that cruelty, all deceit, all hypocrisy, and it says laying aside all envy, that's resentment and greed and jealousy, and all evil speaking. That's the language of the kingdom of darkness. Evil speaking is the language of the kingdom of darkness. What I want to talk to you about this day is learning how to speak the language of God's kingdom. It is a life-changing language. It's full of life and it changes things in, in our world in which we live right this moment. You know, praise is the language of the kingdom of light. Evil speaking is the language of the kingdom of darkness. You know, anyhow, he goes on here in verse 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, you know, the, the, the milk of the word of God, it makes us grow that you may grow and, and will mature and, and be more like Christ. He says, Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow, uh, thereby, uh, that you may grow, and that maturity comes about. Verse 3 says, if indeed you have tasted, you understand what taste means, right? Let me just illustrate it for you. It just means like this. Mmm, that's pretty good. And it says here, I might have lost where I was at. I might have to do that again. Anyhow, it says in verse 3, if indeed you have tasted or experienced, if you have tasted, if you experienced the Lord, who is our king, it's gracious. 
And we need to drink deep. You know, all you want from him. You really can. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, he goes on to say in verse 4, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God as precious, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house. It says we are being built up a spiritual house. That's talking about a temple. And throughout the Bible, in several places, it, the Bible refers to you. You are the temple of the living God. God don't really care about living in buildings made out of stone and wood and all those things no more. God says you are the temple of his Holy Spirit. And he loves to inhabit you is what he's talking about here. And he says, uh, verse 6, a holy priesthood. To offer up, you are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. The Bible refers to you as a believer, a follower, as a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Spiritual sacrifices. Not dead doves or dead sheep or any other thing that they used to offer up as a a dead sacrifice. In this day and time, God's looking for a living sacrifice. That's what he's looking about. It says a a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Spiritual sacrifices. Listen to this old song we used to sing, and it kind of clarifies. It goes, his praise fills the temple, and we are the temple of God. His praise fills the temple. His peace fills my heart. His love and his mercy he doth wonderfully impart. Oh, the blessed name of Jesus brought me freedom from sin. Now his praise fills the temple and his spirit dwells within. Does God, does, does the praise for God, does it fill you? Or does the fussing and the cursing about darkness and for the rest of the world fill you? What's the words that fills you most of the time? Think about that. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 11 says, Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals. That was a sacrifice. The high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin. Old system, it says. And the bodies of the animals were burned outside the camp. So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gate. He was crucified to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp, the Bible says, and bear the disgrace that he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are pilgrims. We're passing through. We're looking forward, the Bible says, to a home yet to come, a heavenly city. That celestial city, that's what we're looking for. And we're not going to ever really be satisfied until we're there one day. Verse 15 says, therefore, remember the old system? They used to offer, sacrifice the blood of animals. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual. Does that mean once a year? Continual? I mean once a year? Do you breathe continually? 
Does your blood pump through your body continually, nonstop? That's what we're talking about. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of what? Of praise to God. A continual sacrifice. <coughs> God don't want no sacrifices of sheep, dead sheep and doves and, and all the things that they used to, to sacrifice. God don't want that. He wants there to be a continual sacrifice of praise to God. Praise is the language of God's kingdom. And it says, I want to read one more time. This is powerful here. It says, therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of what? Praise to God, proclaiming our, what's that word? Allegiance to his name. When you praise God, you're proclaiming your allegiance to Jesus. When you praise him, you are proclaiming your allegiance to him. No more offering sacrificial blood of animals, but we're offering a continual sacrifice of praise, the Bible says. Oh, it's so easy to offer the complaint. Oh, this is going to be a lousy day. You know, oh, what's going to happen tomorrow? And, you know, every, we, we can complain about everything. It's so natural. It's supernatural when we begin to praise Almighty God. That is a sacrificial, you know, uh, gift that we're offering to God, a sacrifice, a living sacrifice that we offer to God. No more complaints, you know. If you remember the Israelites, when they were wandering through the wilderness trying to get to the promised land, they complained and they complained and they complained. And the Bible says snakes came out from underneath all the rocks and started biting them when they complained. That's what the Bible says. And once they repented, they got things right again. But when they complained, it just made God upset. He didn't like that complaint no more than you and I like hearing a bunch of people complaining and fussing and things like that. You know, so we just need to be men and women, you know, boys and girls who praise the almighty God. Listen to what verse 15 says again in the King James Bible. It says, therefore... By him, Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. No longer sacrificing the blood of animals, you know. I'll praise you. There's a song about, I'll praise you in the storm. Even in the storms of life, I'll praise you. Even when things don't seem to be going right, I'll praise you. Count it all joy, the greatest of joy. Look for opportunities to rejoice in the most difficult and trying times. I'm going to praise you. It's a sacrifice. I don't feel like praising you in a storm. I don't feel like praising you when there's all kinds of troubles. But that's when it puts us in the situation to operate in the supernatural. That's what brings about change in our life and in the lives of those that we love. In our sphere of influence is what I'm talking about here. It says, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. And we can begin to understand that. Romans 8, 28, my favorite verse. And we know that God works all things together for good for those who love God and are called to his purpose. All things, 100% of them, the good, the bad, the other. He works it together for good. When we begin to praise him, you see, we choose to operate in the supernatural, no longer the natural of just complaining and moaning and groaning and belly aching. The sacrifices that God accepts are the praises to him how many of you, if somebody starts talking about, oh man, this is just a great, honest guy for here. He, his work is impeccable, man of integrity. Or somebody says, oh, this one, she is a phenomenal cook. She's just a woman of integrity, a godly lady. And oh man, she's a sick. You, you just perk right up. You want to hear everything everybody's got to say about you that's good. And when we begin to praise God, I'm going to tell you, it gets his attention. I mean, all of heaven. 
you know, focuses in as we're beginning to praise the almighty God. Even the times when it don't feel, I don't really feel like praising him. That's the time it's really a sacrifice and it's so most important. He says, therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips. You understand fruit? Let me see what I got in my bag over here. <laughs> okay. You know what? I, I haven't had an apple in a while. <laughs> wow, that's good. Man, I think that sweetens my mouth better than them M&M's over there. Maybe. I'm not sure. I have to try some more in a few minutes and see. But he says here, therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That sacrifice of praise is the fruit of our lips. I say, I praise you for my family. I praise you, almighty God, for my wife. I praise you for my son, my daughter, my other sons. I praise you for this building and for the men and the women who helped to build it years ago. You know, men and women who are part of the church family now. I praise you. That's nothing more than fruit. I'm handing God apples and oranges and bunches of grapes and fresh cherries and, you know, pineapples and bananas and mangoes. Oh, I really like mangoes. And he tells us here, that is a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name to praise God with our words is fruit that we offer to him. That's what the Bible says, it very clear and very plain. And then he goes on to say in verse 16, and don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. The sacrifices of praising him instead of complaining and the sacrifice of doing good for people in need. Those are two sacrifices that pleases and honors God in this day and time. Praise is not dependent upon circumstances. You remember Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles there, chapter 20, well, you read the whole thing in there, it talks about Jehoshaphat. He and the, uh, the children of God had hundreds of thousands of enemies coming against them, threatening them, and Jehoshaphat went and, and sought God. He began to pray and and God told Jehoshaphat, he said, you get all your, your singers, your worship team, the praises, and send them out in front of your warriors. And, and then God said, you don't have to fight this battle. I'm going to take care of it for you. You read that and find out for yourself. But he's talking about praise is not defended on circumstances, you know. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. No matter what tomorrow brings or what it has in store, I will praise the Lord. No matter what tomorrow brings, no matter what it has in store, I will praise the Lord. And you know what? The circumstances didn't matter because Jehoshaphat and all the people followed the instructions of Almighty God and they praised God. They even sent praisers out in front of the, the uh, military. The bad guys just turned against each other and just annihilated themselves. And, you know, it was done. It was a done deal. It was over with. 
because God's people begin to praise him. They begin to focus on the almighty God instead of complaining about this or that or I didn't have this kind of training or I don't have this or that or whatever. They praise almighty God and it changed things. See, the measure of our victory can be judged by the measure of our praise. What kind of victories have you been having? The measure of our victory can be judged by the measure of our praise. Are we praising God or are we complaining and groaning and moaning most of the time? And only when we get around a Christian, are we, well, praise the Lord, you know. Are we really praising him all the time? God inhabits that. He shows up in his strength, makes us have home even in our weakness. It's just amazing, you know. Remember Jericho? Remember Joshua took the... God's people, they marched around it for like seven days and it was quiet as a mouse. And then on a certain time, God said, on a certain day, on a certain time, you blow the ram's horn and you shout and you praise almighty God. And when they praised God, you know what happened there? The Bible says the whole walls of Jericho just fell down flat. They won a tremendous victory because they were praisers instead of Well, how are we going to get over to that wall? And people are insulting us and this, that. Let me tell you something. God is awesome. And he's, he loves you. He's crazy about you. He really is. It's just amazing. During a time of great persecution, where uh, uh, atrocities were committed against men and women, boys and girls, which stood for their faith in Christ, at the height of the trouble... A group of boys and girls were ordered to be shot. And a little girl of eight years old, she looked into the eyes of one of the soldiers and she asked, will you let me take my brother's hand and die that way? What about saying a little prayer before you die, jeered the soldier. If you please, sir, my brother and I cannot pray, but we can sing. The Lord is my shepherd. My mother taught it to us before she went away. The children stood up, and from their lips came the quivering verse to song, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And as they sang, man after man turned away, tears running down their cheeks until not one man was left. Deliverance had come by singing the 23rd song. For those children, that was their victory song. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalms 18, verse 3. It says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. That's what them kids did. All they could do was sing. They didn't even know how to pray yet. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised in the most difficult of times. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Are you fruitful? Are you bearing fruit? The fruit of your lips? Fruit of your tongue? Are you praising almighty God? Or are you barren? Are you fruitless? And there is no fruit. You're unfruitful. There's no life there. There's no help there. Or are you bearing fruit and you're praising God? You're finding something to praise him for. Psalms 115 verse 17 says, The dead do not praise the Lord. Well, let's check our spiritual condition. Let's watch yourself for the next 24 hours. Do you praise God? 
If not, well, you're probably spiritually dead. Not much spiritual life there at all. He says, I didn't write this. Psalms 115, verse 17. The dead do not praise the Lord. Psalms 150, verse 6 says, let everything. What percentage is everything? 100%. Let everything that breathes. How many of y'all can breathe? Y'all can breathe? Let everything that breathes sing praise to the Lord. 100%. If we're alive, let everything that breathes praise to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you a praiser or are you a complainer? If you're a complainer, you're just spiritually dead. There hasn't been an awakening. There's not a spark there at all. That divine spark's just not there. We're just an old complainer, you know? Numbers chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. How many, if you got family members or kids or somebody sitting in your house, and when they start fussing and cussing, complaining, does it, does it please you? I don't think so. It just makes us miserable. So well, I'm just going to go take a walk outside somewhere, you know, or something or another. Now when the people complain, it displeases the Lord. And when we complain, it don't please God. It don't put him in the right frame of mind to answer in our prayers, you know. If you want to become more aware of the king's presence, if you want to become more aware of what God's doing, praise him. He inhabits the praises of his people. If you don't feel that God is near... Praise him. He says he moves in. He lives in the praises of his people. You might know this old song. If you do, sing along with us. It's called the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise him. Something I've known since I was a kid. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. He is worth every blessing you've ever received. It came from him. And we can praise him right now. While the pandemic is still going on, we can praise God for the many blessings that we do have, that we still have, some that are still on their way to us right now. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Oh, man, that's what I'm talking about. You know, you, you don't learn to praise. You don't learn to praise in one day. Especially since maybe you've been complaining for a few years. You don't learn how to praise in just one day, but new habits, they take time to develop. But you can begin to praise God today. You can begin to praise him today and you can practice praising him tomorrow and you can practice praising him the next day until it becomes part of you. The children had to learn how to praise and we need to learn how to praise We need to learn to do it. It don't just naturally come. It's natural to fuss and cuss and moan and groan and complain. That's natural. But we can learn how to praise him. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. 
That's what we can do. We really can. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 16 says, always, what percentage is always? 100%. Always be joyful. Joyful. Not joy empty, but be joyful. You know how you get full, don't you? I, I just got to do this to illustrate. You just got to start putting stuff in there. And we got to fill our, our vocal cords up with praise. And let it flow out to Almighty God. And we need to sweeten our tongue. We need to be saying wonderful, positive things. The Bible says praise is the fruit of our lips that we offer to Almighty God. You don't want to just offer him something rotten, do you? Would you eat an old brown apple that's got worms and stuff in it? And sometimes that's what our words are like. They're kind of rotten, you know? We need to praise him. Always be thankful. Never stop praying and never stop praising either. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in what's that say? All circumstances. What percentage is all? 100%. Be thankful in all circumstances, even if it's a coronavirus. Even if, you know, things have changed for a time and, and work and, and all the things that we're so used to, they're not normal no more. He said right here, be thankful in all circumstances. Is there anything that you can think of that you can thank God for today? Do you have anything you can be thanking God for? Is there anything you can thank God for? Is there anything you can thank God for, Fair? You know, we all got something to thank God for. There's so much, and we forget about it when we start complaining about stuff. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. If you want to get smack dab in the middle of God's will, begin to thank him in the midst of every situation, and you're in the smack dab center of his will. And you will find his blessings attached to the center of his will for you when you become a praiser. It says here in Isaiah 61, verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. I'm going to kind of go through this pretty quickly here. But the Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me. This is prophesying what Jesus was going to say in the book of Luke in the New Testament in many years to come. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He goes on down to preach good tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to comfort all who mourn, to give them, what's that word? Beauty for ashes. I mean, that don't sound really too smart, does it? I stopped by my little fireplace, a little campfire in the backyard at the base of the mountain. And you know what this is right there? That's just ashes. There ain't nothing really pretty about it right now. It was pretty nice when it was on fire, you know, giving us warmth and chasing away them old no see bugs and mosquitoes and all. But he says right here, listen to that. He says, to comfort all who mourn 
to Jesus, why Jesus came, and to give them beauty for their ashes. Here's all the ashes of my life. I've really made some pretty bad mistakes. And God will give you beauty for the ashes and the oil of joy. You know? Here's a fresh bottle of olive oil. You know? And he says he'll give you oil. I like olive oil. I do. You know, I didn't know what olive oil was until I moved to New England about 41 or 2 years ago, whenever that was. But he says to give beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. For when we're really sad and gloomy, to give you the oil of what? The oil of joy. The oil of joy. You mix that oil in there and it's the oil of joy. It refreshes and revives you. He says right here, to give them beauty for their ashes, the oil of joy for a morning and the garment of praise. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, I'm just going to have to show you this right here. This right here, if you've ever seen me much up on my mountain doing what we call mountain talks, this is my winter coat. This thing is heavy. It's like a, it's like a pizza. Real good, heavy-duty, thick rug. It's real heavy. Oh. And in the wintertime, I get up on the mountain there, I can just about go to sleep in this thing, you know? It's just, it just protects me. And, you know, Susan and I go out every morning to pray, and we went out to the base of the mountain, what was it, a week ago or a few days ago? Forgot what day it was. What day was it? Anyhow, we was out there. I was out there first. Now, I have studied survival skills, and I can start a, a fire with flint and steel. I can take a boot string out of my boot and take a stick and make it like a little bow and arrow looking thing out of it. And I can start a fire with that bow drill. I can start it with a magnifying glass and a dozen or more other methods. I can start a fire with it. And I've enjoyed all, all that. But since Susan was coming out the door from our house and she was getting ready to come up there in the woods there, I was trying to get the fire going real quick. So I went over to my shed and I borrowed a jug of gasoline. I don't recommend that. But I'm thinking, I want to get this fire going before she gets out here. Because these little no-sims, big bitems, you know, they was all over the place biting. So I went out there, and I knew I hadn't built a fire out there in about three days, so there was no hot coals down in there. So I took this big old jug, and I poured it on some of my wood. I threw some leaves over on top of there, put the gas back away. Here comes Susan out the door. I didn't have a match. So I just had a lighter. So I found a little piece of cardboard over there, and I lit the piece of cardboard, and I threw it over there into the fireplace. But it didn't get close enough to where I had to put the gas down. And you should never do that, ever. And I won't never no more either. And so I reached down to grab the little piece of cardboard that was on fire. And as soon as I touched it and leaned over like that, and Susan is looking at me coming up the hill. This great big old cloud of fire engulfed me. Am I telling the truth? She was all concerned and screaming and ready to call the fire department, everything like that. 
and if she's screaming and wondering if I'm okay. And I'm just, I'm just standing there for just a moment, trying to see if there was anything hurting. And there wasn't nothing hurting. Now, you feel the outside of my jacket here? It's kind of crispy feeling. This side of here feels nice and smooth. And somehow enough, the vapors from that gasoline went up, up my sleeve, and I burned all the hair off my arm way up into here. Didn't burn my arm, didn't hurt me in any way. It just burnt the hair off my arm. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm thinking, oh, man. I'm so thankful I had my favorite jacket on. Keeps me warm in the winter. I've been out so many hours in the snow. I've worked with, I've hiked with it on. Just my favorite old jacket. But as I was thinking about this passage right here, it says to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise. I want you to know something. I had to put this on. I had to put my pants on, my blue jeans on, my shirt on. I had to put it all on myself. I had to choose what I was going to wear. And that day, I chose this big old coat to wear. And it protected me from the flames. Thank God I didn't get a hold of my whiskers. You know. You'd actually see what I look like. You know. But you know what the Bible says? That Jesus, he gave them beauty for ashes. He gave them the oil of joy for the mourning and, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. But we got to choose what we, garment we're going to wear. Are you going to wear the spirit of heaviness and just go through life like Eeyore? Oh, it's just a bad, bad day. Or are we going to put on the garment of praise and you're going to praise God? And it protects us and it watches over us and it, it changes things for the better in our life. When you begin to praise God instead of fussing and complaining and stuff like that. And you know what? I probably in a couple of weeks or something, I might have some more hair up here, you know. Didn't burn me, not at all, not a tiny bit. But I'm going to tell you something, the garment of praise is a whole lot better, more protection, and it changes things for the better, a whole lot more so than my little camouflage jacket over there. I ain't never going to start a fire with any gas again. I know better, but sometimes we do stupid stuff, you know. But I ain't going to do that no more. So, we need to wear our garment of praise. We really do. And he says that you'll be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, and that he might be glorified. When you wear the garment of praise, I just praise God. That's why you put on the garment of praise. You begin to praise him and you, you put on that garment that really blesses you and helps you. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life, this accessing that resurrection power. If you are serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. <laughs> begin to be positive and begin to praise God. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Pursue his plans and, and, and his purposes. Don't shuffle along. Eyes to the ground absorbed with the things right in front of you. Just earthly stuff. But look up because he's alive and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective and what he's doing. Live close to God. Live in the reality of his kingdom. You know, that'll cause you to praise him. Fulton 
Ausler tells of his old nurse who was born on the eastern shore of Maryland and who attended the birth of his mother and his own birth. She was a godly woman and she taught him much of what he knew. And she taught him the greatest lesson in giving thanks and finding contentment. I remember her as she sat at the kitchen table in our house. The hard old brown hands folded across her starched apron, the glistening eyes and the husky old whispering voice saying, much obliged, Lord, for my vittles. Anna, I asked, what's a vittle? It's what I've got to eat and drink. That's a vittle. And the boy said, but don't you know you would get vittles whether you thank the Lord or not? Sure I know, but it makes everything taste better to be thankful. And isn't that the truth? It makes our food taste better. It makes my jacket feel better. It makes everything, my family better. It makes my car run better. It does everything is better when you're thankful, when you're praising God, you're rejoicing, you're full of joy. Praise is giving thanks to God for who he is. Praise is saying thank you for each aspect of his divine nature. Praise is where our inward attitude becomes an outward expression. Praise is when our inward attitude becomes an outward expression. Praise expands our awareness of who he is. And as you read through each of the Psalms, look for the attributes and look for the characteristics of God for which you can praise him. You read through the Psalms, there's just, oh, you know, he's my shepherd. Thank you for being my shepherd, letting me lie down in green. Thank you, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil because you're with me. Thank you for always being with me. As you read through the book of Psalms, let it help you focus in on the attributes and the characteristics of God. Praise is focused in our heart on God. And if you'll read Psalms 146 or Psalms 150, it shows us where and why and how to praise him. Where and why and how to praise him. Psalms 146 verse 150 through Psalm 150. Praise takes our mind off of our problems and focuses our minds on God. Praise lifts our perspective from the earthly to the heavenly. Psalms 50 verse 23 says, whoever offers praise glorifies, which means honors. Whoever offers praise honors me. That's what God said. And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. To be positive instead of negative. To believe instead of being full of doubt. To praise instead of complain. It changes things. Psalm 69 verse 31 says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. You know what? A telescope magnifies the stars and the planets, brings them into closer view. And you and I will magnify God and bring him into closer view with thanksgiving. You begin to praise God, it brings God into closer view. Magnifies him. Enables you to experience God a whole lot better when you give thanks. I will praise the name of God with a song 
and will magnify him with thanksgiving. That's what I'm talking about. We need to keep our mouth sweet. You know what I'm saying? Yes, we do. It needs to always be sweet. It needs to be praising God for who he is and for what he's done. Joy is not complete until it is expressed. If, if you knock a home run, if you knock a hole in one, if you dunk that basketball, you make a touchdown, your joy is not complete until you tell somebody about it. And our joy is not complete until we express it with praise. I catch a big old fish. I got to express it and tell, call somebody, send them a picture. Look what I caught. And my joy is complete. And when we praise God, our joy is complete at that point. Psalms 9 verse 11, it says, Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Listen to this. Declare his deeds among the people. I've gone out of the country a time or two on some little mission trips. When we come back in, I had to declare what I brought back into this nation. A couple of garments, some little uh, napkins and things like that, some baskets and all. I had to declare what I had with me. And praise is that same kind of a thing. Sing praise to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare God's deeds among the people. Declare his deeds among the people. Last verse we're going to look at is Psalms 105. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Are you conscious of being aware of what Christ has done for you? You know? If you'll hem your blessings, you know how you hem your britches and ladies hem their, their dresses and all? If you'll hem your blessings with praise, you hem your blessings with tr- praise, your blessings won't unravel and fall apart. So when you give blessings from Almighty God, hem them. Just remember it that way. Him your blessings with praise. At least they unravel. God's been so good to us. We got so much to thank him for, to praise him for, and it changes everything in your life for the better. No matter what time you're living in, can be even these times we're in right now, but begin to praise him for who he is and praise him for what he's done. Our time is about up, and I want you to, if you would pray with me to reaffirm your faith in Christ. Maybe you don't know Jesus right yet as your Savior and your Lord, but would you pray with us and invite him into your life today? That's what the Bible says. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead for you, you'll be saved. You're forgiven. That's it. So that's too simple. Now, for God, it's not. Cost the life of his son Jesus. But then he rose from the dead. Would you pray with me? right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. And I believe he died in my place. He gave his life for me. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. 
and is knocking at the door of my heart. I open wide that door and I welcome Jesus into my life as my Savior, as my Lord, and as my King. I'm sorry for my sinful ways and I receive your forgiveness now. Thank you for forgiving me. I praise you for all your goodness that you have loaded into my life even before I knew you was there. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.